Hi there, thanks for joining me here on the I Am Podcast, where we're all about peace, performance and potential. And for this week's guest episode, I had a chance to reconnect with James O'Connor, the Australian rugby union player. He was an on-field adversary, sadly never an on-field teammate, but definitely one off the field. Over the last 10 years, we've kept in touch and shared many a chat, and it was nice to record one, so maybe we give you a sense of the direction that these little conversations often go for us. I think this one is a great representation of James and his journey, as well as being a nice indication of what may be to come for him. What's so exciting for me is that I think he's recognizing that his fulfillment lies in liberating and expressing his creativity far more than it does in amassing future achievements and more and more recognition. So maybe these things will just have to remain unfortunate side effects for him. He's been through plenty already, as you'll find out in the episode, but seems as devoted as ever to uncovering what he is really capable of. How he's going about all this, it's evolving in a very interesting way. What he does, how he thinks, feels and speaks too, is kind of inspiring. It's certainly brilliant to have someone leading this kind of charge with such refreshing curiosity and championing sensitivity as well. It's very powerful for me to have someone that's still in the thick of their playing days, still in that often unforgiving so-called pressure cooker of elite sport, embracing vulnerability as a guide and as fuel. And he calls all of this for him his search for his truth. So much of this letting go and the self-awareness for me has come into play after retirement. Once I was clear of those testosterone charged arenas, That's obviously just how it had to be. And although I was definitely playing with some very new challenging concepts uh, like these towards the middle and end of my professional career and certainly giving them a good go, I just don't think I was ready for this level of self-honesty. I hadn't yet found it in me to face my demons head on whilst there were big games to play each weekend. Because the fear of losing, of humiliation, And that dire need to protect, control and keep my reputation alive, I guess just far outweighed my desire to truly explore. Aren't we all searching for our truth in some way though? Throughout every one of the previous three podcast series, we've been pointing to how our power and our potential is not something that we possess. It's actually just what we are. It's our source, not our goal. And this is why the things we earn and win that we're so convinced will make everything okay and resolve our deeper sense of insufficiency, well, they never do. And if what we're after is already in what we are, then why are we still looking for it? Why don't we know it already? It's a good question and probably a good place to start from. Something that comes to my mind, a phrase that comes to me is what we're looking for is where we're looking from one thing I think is for sure and that's the fact that we are all looking for our truth must mean that we're not discovering it or in the story that we're being given by our minds and by society around us we're just not buying into that anymore with the same conviction so the way that I see it whatever we most deeply believe ourselves to be the mind will do its best to protect because that's its job So that voice that lives in our heads and never switches off, the one that dictates to us how things are, how they must be, 
the one that goes looking for worst case scenarios, the one that's got something to say about everyone else and probably even more to say about us. Well, it's only actually doing exactly what we're asking it to do and exactly what we've programmed it to do. And that programming is essentially just all the conclusions we've already made about who we are, many of which we may have made unconsciously. The mind goes looking to support and defend these fixed ideas. It finds what it needs to see. It interprets how it needs to interpret, all to ensure that it proves and reinforces our beliefs over and over again. So our conclusions about life give us our story about life and our story reinforces our conclusions. This kind of self-perpetuating cycle gets hardwired into patterns of thinking and feeling and into a compulsive automatic system. And it's a system that I guess we might recognize a little bit because it's the one that operates under the bonnet of so much around us, our society in general, our economy, our institutions, our families, our relationships, everything. I get the feeling that there is a movement of sorts, not a new one, but maybe a growing one, where many people across the globe are not quite so happy or content to cope with the lack of deep engagement and the suffocation, the enslavement, that existing as a cog within a system entails and compels. As a result, aren't we all looking for something more to life? Also becoming more evident is the direction and the nature of these systems now. These systems that seem to make big promises that they never keep. Systems that do everything they can to keep us kind of asleep in obedience so that they can continue unchallenged round and round in circles. Challenging the systems around us is vital. But great change requires great energy, passion and devotion. It's not a part-time fair-weather vocation. I know this from looking back at my rugby days. If someone wanted to come and challenge me and, and change that order, they had to bring a lot with them because I was willing to go wherever I had to go and do whatever I had to do because it was in within me hardwired that I had to come out on top. And for me, the necessary willingness for real transformation in this sense we're talking about will manifest eventually in the desire for us to look at ourselves first and foremost before we go looking elsewhere. If we want something other than the same old, same old, then we must step out of these systems. And that begins with the most directly limiting system we know, and it's the one we've become ourselves. And this search for truth, the sense that something is amiss, the feeling that we're not being all we can be, for me it comes down to the primary identification we've made, simply that we believe we are something that we're not. Science through its quantum exploration has been piece by piece proving that we are essentially completely interconnected, made of nothing but boundless possibility. It's kind of catching up with what the spiritual seekers long ago were uncovering through their deep personal experiential exploration of life, that it is all one and that we are all one. But for us mere mortals, though, this infinite, eternal limitlessness, well, it kind of tastes, smells, sounds, feels and looks like anything but peace, belonging and effortless joy. 
We go to battle every day to compete and compare for our security, to hold on to our value and our okayness. What I've just described there is the physical realm that James O'Connor talks about finding himself trapped in during our conversation. How do we recognize ourselves and identify ourselves as beyond the physical, beyond the limits of the body and the mind? To really know this, I guess it's something that we have to experience. We can't just read about it or hear about it. We have to come to know something of life beyond those physical senses and what they tell us. And this is the issue I think we have when we talk about things like letting go and surrender and when we try to engage in meditation or awareness practices. The underlying assumption or idea that we're going to get something from this activity, some kind of future payoff, well, that's straight out of the physical world playbook of cause and effect. And it sticks us right back on that treadmill going nowhere new. There is no way that we step outside of our mind using the mind's deductive logic this way. It just keeps us blocked from any higher intelligence and from actually ever truly meditating or surrendering, letting go or becoming aware. And this is why I think we kind of only really step outside of the system in moments of deep suffering or trauma. It may be the shock of experiencing something so unacceptable and so contrary to our expectation that it just breaks everything. It may be a great loss. It may also be the emptiness of actually realizing our greatest dreams. In any case, when our logic or identity is smashed into pieces and our blind faith in our story pushed to breaking point, we can just no longer continue as the same person we were anymore. We cannot hold the same beliefs. We see through them. We open up and everything shifts. The spiritual tradition calls this the exhausting of the seeker. In other words, the idea of who we are just gives up and dissolves away. And as it does, it unveils what it is that it had been seeking all along. For me, these big suffering moments have always been my crises moments. Unfortunately, they always lasted longer than just a moment. But in this experience of great challenge, intense challenge, but also lesser challenge as well, I found power in simply sitting there in amongst my intrusive thoughts and my reactive feelings and the story that they're putting forward and asking the question, is this actually true? Whilst doing whatever I can to relax and allow everything to be. The question is not one designed to be answered. It's, it's kind of rhetorical. It's one that I let the unknown in me respond to, not my mind. It's a question that you just leave and let it go to work. For James, he describes how breathing practices, walking in nature, meditation, connecting with loved ones and friends, how this all forms part of his relaxation and acceptance. But all of this could easily be redefined as listening to his body or searching for his truth as well. It's a heady mix of absolute relaxation and following passion and excitement. It's kind of the stuff that we think is doing nothing, but it's actually doing it all. It's the bit when we think we're getting away from life and escaping that maybe the time we're actually delving deepest. 
a big question then is, can we find our highest passion and excitement even in the things we have to do that we really don't want to do? Can we still uncover opportunity in those moments and situations and engage? When we begin to harness a deep awe for life, I feel like it responds with more and more mystical, surprising experiences for us. We certainly cannot have a deep reverence for life in this way and its boundless possibility through strong conclusions and opinions about it. It's through our open, spontaneous involvement in the present moment that we communicate with our authentic self. Identities, they're built from past experiences, learnings and impressions. We cannot live in the now through the past. When we try to do so, we just end up reliving the past and we end up thinking about life, never actually living it. The search for truth for me, it means whenever we can, we listen out for that old familiar voice that tells us how boring, impossible, pointless or overwhelming this next thing or next person is going to be and we choose the unknown instead. We don't choose to believe the opposite. We simply adopt the let's see approach. Let's wait and see. Because yes, for sure, yesterday's me with its learnings might be able to help me survive certain situations, but it cannot help me grow. The only me that can grow is this now me. And truth belongs to the here and now, because that's where life is. Doesn't belong to the future, doesn't belong in the past either. To receive this truth, we've got to empty our cup and then we've got to ditch the cup itself. Become a nobody with nothing to lose. So thanks very much to James O'Connor. I think when you listen to the episode, you'll understand what I mean by that. He speaks honestly, openly, and is not afraid to let the conversation go wherever it needs to. For me, it was a really awesome experience. It's someone that I'm beginning to know quite well. I think you're going to enjoy what uh, he's got to say. And in that uh, respect, please let me know what you think and your feedback, your feelings, anything that's coming up in you, especially if you've got questions, any questions, things that you want more clarity on, things you want to delve deeper on, any subjects that you find interesting, any guests as well that you'd like me to explore. It would be really really a great thing for the podcast and hopefully for the future of this going forward wishing you really really well thanks for all your input and your contributions looking forward to catching up soon my name is johnny wilkinson this is the i am podcast with james o'connor <laughs>